Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. Oh, you record you starting out with this? This that's great. Why I'm being arrested? What did I do? What did I do? No, you're gonna tell me what I did. Well, she annoyed the fuck out of me. That's what she did. Oh my god, are we officially rocking and rolling? Should we start? Uh, but you're gonna are you also? Did you record it first or are you yeah, wanna? I recorded a little bit of it. Just so then, let's get right into let's it. Let's get right into it. Well, let's let's start off with uh, <laughs> saying hello. Hello, right. Yeah. Welcome to uh, Spe- Shalom Spears and Steinberg podcast. Did I use that right? Yeah, Shalom. Shalom. What's it mean? It's a greeting. Shalom, people. There you go. Do you feel good? I'm getting my my Jew together. So, um, <clears throat> Ari Spears here. Spears and Steinberg. What's happening, Knuckles? Coming from uh, the the uh, not the heart. The heart would be downtown. We're coming from the edges of uh, uh, of Denver, Sta- Colorado, Stapleton. Is that Stapleton? Where? Yeah. Rape Kobe country. <laughs> um, dude, I have been. I didn't know what I was going to do this morning. Really, once I woke up, uh, and you know, sometimes you 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 go on YouTube, not with the intent of looking at something specific, but just browsing. And I came across the compilation of airport freakouts and airplane drama. Folks, I might be late to the party, but if you really want to be entertained and laugh your fucking cheeks off, um, YouTube it, man. They got a shitload of... I could watch these motherfuckers all day. And you heard a little bit of a snippet uh, just a second ago that I sent Andy from a woman who sounded and looked like Roseanne Barr losing her feces. My favorite part, though, is the dude in first class that's in front of her. He, that somebody wrote he could have been doing a Bose commercial. He is having a panic attack. Like, and this motherfucker kept trying to ask the flight attendant, could he get up to use the bathroom and go to the bathroom? And I'm like, I'm yelling at my phone, going, "Nigga, why would you want to miss this?" And you know what's wild, dude? And let me give you, you, you folks, the proper, uh, so you don't have to be searching for shit. Just type in five police officers escorting resisting lady off plane on YouTube. They couldn't have made that any shorter though, the title. They could the person who built that couldn't have made it 
any fucking shorter. I loved it. It gave me it, it gave me everything I needed to see on the menu and then delivered. It's amazing, dude. Like I've been flying for as long as I've been flying. And now you're starting to fly with a certain amount of regularity. I've never, ever have gotten a show like that. I never got a show like that. I got. To, I watched somebody get kicked off the plane though before. I, the closest I ever came was a uh, uh, a middle aged, and this is what a lot of these videos have in common: middle aged white woman who was, I guess, pissed off about something. She actually had to seat in front of me in first class. And she was talking to herself, but loud enough for everybody to hear as though she wanted them to hear. And she was, you know, going on these little heated rants and laced with profanity to the point where the flight attendant finally had to come over and tell her to chill the fuck out or she was going to be thrown off the plane. And she chilled the fuck out and took off. And that was the end of it. But these videos, I've never seen it to the point where cops get involved. Motherfuckers get dragged, drug off the plane we saw the one video with a, the bitch in Atlanta, the black bitch in Atlanta, was walking through the airport bucket naked. Completely naked. Naked. Talking about, I suck your dick. Telling random niggas she sucked their dicks. I've, I've been doing this shit 30 years. I've never seen a leprechaun. I've never just seen anybody just walking down butt naked down the street. <sighs> I can't believe it in an airport. Yo. But did you see the lady? This is when uh, comedy goes wrong. Did you see the lady who was, she said, no, she wasn't upsetting anybody. She was just entertaining. She was entertaining because the plane had been a long wait, I guess, delayed. Right. Was this one of the videos I sent? Yeah. Yeah. And she was just. Yeah. She might have had one too many motherfuckers on the. Dude, there was one that wasn't in the one I sent you, but another one. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I literally, for the last maybe three hours, and they're all like in 20-minute increments. I've been watching these motherfuckers back-to-back back like it's a marathon. Like, I, I just, I'm so blown away. And, and we, talk, we talk about this all the time. We certainly talked about it on the podcast before. And we talked about it last night after the show. I'm so blown away by the effects of alcohol on people. And I'm a drinker. But I'm so pro with it. And you've been around me now where... Even when you go, yo, you were fucked up last night. Yeah. My fucked up is a comatose fucked up. I become, the, the more I get fucked up, I become quiet. I may say nonsensical shit, but I become quiet. And I slip into a relaxed state like I've been given a tranquilizer dart. And eventually I eat and the bear is gone. <laughs> This Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde shit alcohol does to people blows me away because it really is like they become someone else. They go from human beings to animals. Uh, yeah, it releases their inner inhibitions and they just say or do whatever they want. And some people say that's really who they are. I don't really think that's the truth. I don't think that that is who they are. Uh, but I think... Uh, well, no, I think it was Bill Cosby who did a joke. I'm not sure if he said, I'm pretty sure he, alcohol was it, but I'm almost feeling like I'm going to get this confused with him talking about drugs, but I think it was alcohol. And he goes, he said what you said, alcohol makes you who you really are. He goes, but what if you're an asshole? So whatever you are inside, if alcohol intensifies that, that's who you, that's who you're going to get. 
Uh, yeah, I get. That's but, how I know I'm not an asshole. But but I think that takes you to a deeper place, not just past who you. I don't know. Listen, too, man. Too, listen, too listen, 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 listen. Um, you and I have discussed it on numerous occasions, and seeing these videos, and then kind of what we went through last night. Even though, as far as the show goes, it wasn't bad last night. Uh, it was more after the show. Yeah, but you cut it because you knew where it was going. I cut it because I knew where it was going, not from the standpoint of, holy shit, these guys are going to derail my show because right. they're drunk. Just because you were done with them. I was done with them. Plus, I could I could tell, when this is where we're going to get a little bit raw here, with certain niggas and Mexicans... Right, and I'm not gonna put you. I'm not gonna put you on front street. You, and make you I, I, I'll say it. Don't I, worry. I want you the, the same way. I I will come out and be like, and I'm being real. I, you know, I love my people. I love being black. I wouldn't trade it for for all the money in the world. If if God Himself told me, look, right now you can flip it and be white, and your life will be everything that white people enjoy. I go, man. Let me finish this black thing first, and then maybe to my second spin, go white. I love my people. Niggas make me sick sometimes. Like, like I, and I don't mean to come off like on some bougie shit or saying I'm better than anybody. But like I said, I, and I know I've said this on the PC before, I have the unique ability like Will Smith to have that X-Man gene. I'm, I'm, I'm black enough to where it's real and ain't no false hustle and I'm legit. And, and niggas ain't going, yo, this nigga putting on a front. But I'm also... I don't want to say white enough, but diverse enough to where I could be around white people and not come off like, oh, this nigga's trying to be, he wants to be one of us. He wears moccasins with no socks, choker necklaces, and khaki shorts, and tucked in polo shirts. This nigga's Carlton from Fresh Prince. I can be exactly who I am and make both whites and blacks feel comfortable. That being said, ghetto niggas make me sick sometimes. Sometimes I love them because they're a colorful species and uh, sometimes you need niggas on your team. You need some niggas. But sometimes niggas make me sick because of the mentality and the behavior. And you had said something about... It's just like growing up around... I mean, I really grew up around Mexicans. It's what I grew up around, especially, especially in the beginning at the beginning of my life. And uh, you know, my, my mom's a real deal. Right. She's a real she's a real Mexican woman. She's right. La Raza. She is she's Mexican. You see. And I grew up around, you know, I we had the weddings in the backyard, the rece- wedding receptions in the backyard. Right. And I, as as the young kid, you're pump, I'm pumping the keg. I'm doing all, and it was cool. Like all that's cool, but when certain Mexicans as you just said certain not all right drink past their name drink past their name they turn into something else and it is it, it's, it's it's almost embarrassing and I have this other thing about his about Mexicans it was Mexicans aren't white and they're not black right and so sometimes I feel like they they try too hard to be one or the other instead right. of just being Mexican especially when they're so, fucked so, up so let me ask you to, to validate what I'm saying or make at least let me know if I'm going in the right direction. No matter what race of people it is, black, white, Mexican, there are two versions of each. Yeah. White trash versus whatever the the other side of white, which whatever you want to call it, the, 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 the cheese and wine 
tasting white folks. There's a lot of hidden trash in there, though. Right. The, the blacks and the niggas. The Mexicans and the vatos. If I, and I mean, you know, I, I get to, to, to get to what you're saying. You know, you got the, you got the two classes of people. And, and my whole thing is I, I, I stopped the show because I knew with, the, with those Mexicans we were dealing with and my personality, that was a combustible situation. Yeah, you would have taken it to another level. I would have taken it to that level. And he was ready to go with you to that and level. To that level, yeah. out of drunkenness. And even though I could tell his boys was liking the fact that I was fucking with him, they still his boys. And that goes so far. And that would they, they would go, we like this nigga, he's funny, but yo, we got to pick a side. And I was about to unleash my, I had my finger on the nuke button, which was, because before I even say that, um, his girl was drunk too. And usually when a dude is drunk between him and his girl, she's the high road because she got to drive this motherfucker home and make sure he all right. And I, you know, and I just, you know, the way uh, Mexicans, hey, Holmes, you come out on my TV, eh? you come out on. So they talk with this, with that certain flair and rhythm. That's my man. That's my man. And she's drunk too. That's my man. And it was, it was starting to piss me off. And of course, if, if you're trying to be the, the, the professional, you can't show that. You can't show the audience your nostrils are starting to flare. And I started to hit the new button, which was my thing that I said, hey, nigga, control your bitch, nigga. Bitch, nigga. Now, anybody else, that would have flew. But at that time, them Mexicans, them vatos, and I'm looking at the security staff in the club going, nah, nigga, they ain't protecting you. Them niggas, nah. So I said, you know what? Let me kill it. We killed it. And then we walked outside to sell the merch. Cut to these drunk motherfuckers are fighting. There was two tables of Mexicans. Neither one of them knew each other, but but certain sections of both were, were fucking drunk. Yo, it's 20 degrees outside. It's 2.44 in the morning. These motherfuckers get outside and break into a fist fight in 20 degree weather at quarter to one in the morning. But everybody knew there was going to be a fight that night. Like I knew. I just, listen, if there's anybody that gets this drunk that listens to this podcast, uh, unfollow us. You make me fucking sick. Fuck yourselves. Suck a dick. Fuck you. I can't stand people that can't handle their fucking liquor. You, do you people not understand you're animals? You become fucking animals. And you think that everybody around you feels what you feel, sees what you see, thinks what you think. You're alone. You're all alone. You motherfuckers make me sick. You, you, what you need to do is you need to have someone record you when you go out and then play that back for you the next day. Mm-hmm. So you can figure out what the fuck is wrong with you. When I'm fucked up? No, no, no. Those people, people who, oh. get, those people who get too fucked up, they just need one of their friends to record it. <sighs> just show them so the next day that they know. Because these people don't know. I don't even know that that would make a difference. But let me get back to the airport shit because I don't want to own on the street. So in, 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 in conjunction with that, um, you know, most of the people in the clips were like, yo, they shouldn't serve air, uh, uh, alcohol at airports and on airplanes. Yeah, they should. I mean, you know, I get it. Some people are nervous about flying. They want to relax. But 
I just, I, I just don't understand how you become this different human being. But if you can't do it, then don't do it. But if you can enjoy a drink on the plane or two, enjoy it. Did you see that other video where the guy was holding onto the wall? And fought, it was yeah 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 yeah. He drunk he drunk past his name. There there was there was there was one lady, and they actually, I don't know if it was air marshals or just regular civilians. They I don't know what they, I, I would assume air marshals because they had zip ties. The fuck, you get zip ties from? Do the airplanes? Do the airports sort of airplanes carry that? Yeah, the air, they they have to have those zip ties. Those are like handcuffs. One lady was cursing and was belligerent, and she just started punching her seat. They had to put this bitch in the zip ties. And it's scary when, you know, a lot of these instances happen before you take off. 30,000 feet in the air? And this motherfucker, or, you know, it's wild shit, man. Um, something I want to get to before we get too much deeper, because I don't want the time to go by, because I, I, know, I know there's other things we got to cover. Um, like in, in terms of what you noticed in these videos, most of them middle-aged white women. Mm-hmm. Uh few black women um, and foreigners. Um, I, I, I really, real quick. Um, <laughs> here we go. Um, Patrice said something about, let me, before I get into Patrice. The Indian accent, and I say this in my stand-up, is the most horrendous, god-awful Accent known to man. You don't like that? Let me tell you, when Patrice said, as far as Indian women, how do they fuck their own men? Where is all this unfun come coming from? And I just, you know, I, I've seen at my shows white women with Indian boyfriends. And I got to say, man, like when you talk about swagger, sex appeal, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stereotypically racist in a racist way butcher this, but like you look at Italians, right? That 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 native Italian, the bitch do go to diamo, There's something sexy about that draw. Fucking Latin men with the fucking that salsa, that fucking Ricky Ricardo, that. The, the, the Latin flavors, the way they roll their R's, the, the dark complexion, the, the hair. And this is me maybe having a no homo moment, but there's swag and sex appeal there. Whether you're a rocker type bad boy, white boy, or you're a, you know, California stud. What's up, dude? There's a swagger there. Niggas are the king of swagger. We own swagger. Indian men. That shit. How do it? That shit is repulsive. It's fucking repulsive. And they have no sense of style dress wise. They wear all the basic shit New Balance shoes, regular pair of pants. The most basic flannel plaid whatever shirt, and there we go. I, I just it. It's this. I want to play something. It's not the 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 Bollywood dudes don't look like that though. <laughs> the Bollywood dudes and the women. 
Because they trying to be actors and actresses. They have a, which comes with a which which whether it's Hollywood f- flair, f- uh, fame, red carpet flair. It's red carpet flair. And I don't give a fuck what race of people. The Africans who do their version of Hollywood don't look like the motherfuckers that don't. <laughs> Hold up, I got I got to play this. Like one person said. Um, when he, there's there's a there's a part in the airport thing where the Indians are complaining. It's like a thousand Indian men complaining to customer service. That one dude, the, just to the one guy, to the one guy. Yeah. And some of the comments, one person wrote, "These motherfuckers are acting like they talking to their wives instead of customer service." Now, what makes that so brilliant is if you know about that much of the Indian culture, the women ain't got no say. It's like between the Muslims and the Indians. They backhand the shit out of their women. Maybe not physically, and some physically, but they they verbally backhand these bitches. Um, they dominate. The women have their place. So, I, 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 I've lost my train of thought a little bit. I, I was saying, uh, uh, do you remember? Yeah, you were talking about um, the Indian men. The yeah, no, I'm just accents, and then how they were talking to him, like they were talking to their wives. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So the guy goes, yeah, they talking to him. So if you know anything about it, it's almost like they don't talk to their wives with a respect. Like, hey, I'm going to talk to you. You're going to respond back. I'm going to listen with respect. We're going to have a conversation. It's like they tell, don't tell me, don't I tell you, clean, bitch, clean, and his wives clean. Um, and when somebody else wrote, it looked like it, it sounded like you were watching a movie and fast forward. Yeah. All right. I'm going to play for you a little bit of this argument. Not only can you, and, and they ain't even, and let me ask, cause again, this is my ignorance showing how the French speak French, whatever it means. Is there an Indian official language? Yeah, there ha- I, I don't like know. The, like you know what I'm saying. Like how Italians can speak English, but then if they speak in Italian, is there an Indian language? Like, like if I were to say to you, "Hey, good morning, how's your day?" They could say that, but in their native language, is there? I, I'm, or do they just speak English? I'm, I'm just gonna sound dumb if I don't have an answer for you. Let's let's find out here. What's the prominent language spoke? Spoken. Spoken in India. There's your language. The dating game. Come on, phone. Stop it. Fuck. What is it? Tell me what it is because I got to find this. Well, there's several. There's Hindi. I can't even pronounce the rest of these, man. But have you ever heard it? Like, have you? Yeah, ever- yeah. You, I mean, I've heard it in, in. All right. Well, here, here's the thing. But they all ha- have that same sound, just- right? No, you don't have to play it because here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're speaking English. All the men that are speaking to this guy are speaking are English. speaking English. But it's like they're all speaking at once, and I guarantee you, when you hear this, not only will you not be able to make out one English word. But the the horrificness of what this sounds like. Without further ado, Punjabi is one of them. Punjabi. I like how it sounds. Punjabi. Shandi bizaz. Rastas Pumasanji. 
What, what I can't even remember the name I use in my joke. Bengali. Rastas Masaji. Okay, so here, here. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies, get ready to cream all <laughs> down your thighs. You are going to have almond milk all down your thighs. It sounds like the Indian Stock Exchange. It, it be, well, hold, hold on, let me, let me just. Stupid are doing that. So, it's we absolutely downright stupid that you haven't compensated people. You have to compensate. You have to. We can't compensate. You have to. It is bloody in the law. If more than two hours later, supposed to get food. What you have I heard. Stupid. You have to. You have to. Which is you have to. You have to. To compensate stupid. And then it went off the rails. I understood stupid and compensate. Those were the only two words I got. If there are any women out there who listen to this podcast and who heard what you just heard, tell me how wet your pussy is. You are creaming in your undergarments there is a melted milky way all in your drawers milky way this is disgusting it was the most but i'm talking about the nougat (laughs) you ladies i can feel the nougat all down your thighs you've got to you can't do it stupid that is horrific um there's another video that was on that same one where he uh the dude knocks over the computer right and i just thought when you said it sounded like they're arguing with their woman like if he came home and she made something that he knows that she knows that he didn't like did he just come over and yell and just knock the plate right off the fucking stupid What do you what do you making it stupid? I just I don't fucking get it. That's your sound. I if you live there, that's how you would sound. Yeah, man, that shit. Try to say Aries Spears with that kind of sound. With the Indian? Yeah. Aries Spears. <laughs> Aries Spears. <laughs> was oh my god, Andy Steinberg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, from watching the the Sopranos, I think they call bathroom in Italian pijadu. What's your pijadu? But you know, pijadu, and 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 the way they talk in that rhythm. And again, I'm I'm, I'm stereotypically the pijadu guy, There's a beautifulness to that. Like you're playing a, a harp. The, the, the Indian is just it felt like you just knocking shit over in a room and you know 
destruction. Do you have a favorite scene from Tony Soprano like that you can quote? Like, is there a one that you? Oh, dude, just do one real quick if you don't oh, mind. In, in, no, oh. in your voice. In your in, in my own voice. No, no, like Tony Soprano. Oh, uh, he goes to uh, uh, Richie Aprile because Richie. And let me. I gotta set up. For okay, content. okay, okay. Richie is. You know, he just got out of jail. He's trying to get his legs back under him. He's trying to earn. He's back in the neighborhood, and he's trying to make his presence felt. So much so that he's kind of undermining who Tony is. Like, like he's almost like forgetting Tony's the fucking guy. Perfect. So there's going to be some swag in this. Yeah, yeah so okay. Tony goes, uh, and let's get one thing straight. Remember something. I'm the motherfucking motherfucking boss who makes the motherfucking shots. Oh, no, he goes, I'm the motherfucking motherfucking boss who calls the motherfucking shots. Yeah, that's one of your favorite? Yes. Now say it if, if you were Indian. Remember something. I'm the motherfucking, 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 motherfucking touch. Do you see the flair? Do you understand? You can't even take that seriously. You, you're talking about James Gandolfini, Italian dude, six-something feet. He was, you know, a big motherfucker. He was an intimidating. He was like a fucking human bulldog. As a mobster, now these are motherfuckers that will kill you, nigga, and won't give a fuck. He's he fucking and, and Richie Aprile's a shorter dude. He's looking in his face, and you remember something? I'm the motherfucking motherfucking boss. Of course, the motherfucking shots. But I'm the motherfucking motherfucking boss. Of course, the motherfucking shots. A lot of motherfuckings in there. Yeah, but but here's the thing that you have to that you must come to the conclusion of. There are. Indian bosses, like criminal bosses, and that's how they sound in India. That's how they sound when they're telling their people how they have to fucking, the laws that they have to abide by. The street laws. They're street law motherfucking Indians. What movie did we just talk about? (laughs) Uh, King of New York. Yeah. You guys got fat while everybody starved on the streets. I went in. No dope deals, no no blackjack, no nothing. If any of you are tired of working for guys like that, you come see me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're all welcome. You guys got fought when everybody starved on the streets. If a nickel bag is sold in the park, a blackjack, no nothing, I went in. If any of you are tired of working for guys like that, come see me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Dude, it just, no. Dude, you should do the voiceovers for all American movies into India. Dude, I did a skit uh, <laughs> on Matt, uh, not on Matt TV, when I shot my own pilot to do my own sketch show for HBO, where we did, because um, when I when I went on tour in Europe for two weeks, what fucked me up is I was actually in Oslo, Norway, and they showed Mad TV, but it was dubbed, and it was so surreal to me, and I know that you see foreign movies all the time. Uh, where you know they're, they're obviously our movies but dubbed in the native tongue and I thought as a skit what would it be like if foreigners started <clears throat> redoing our movies same script same wardrobe same everything but instead of using our actual movies with a George Clooney or Brad Pitt or a Denzel they redid it using their own famous actors in their own country and you know so we had done uh money talks 
with Chris Tucker, that famous scene with Chris Tucker and Faison Love and the jail scene where Chris is breaking down while he's in jail. And while he's doing that, Faison Love is seductively looking him up and down like barbecue chicken knowing, I'm about to fuck this nigga. And he takes his shirt off. And at the very end of the story, Chris realizes Faison got his shirt off and his pants unzipped. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Hey, nigga, where the hell your shirt at? So we recreated that scene as a preview for AMC. Well, I think the, the name of the skit was uh, Classic Movies. AMC presents Classic Movies Remade. So it's me as uh, Faison, and it's Michael Blackson as Chris Tucker. And we're two, Af- we're two of Africa's most popular actors. So we're doing money talks, but we're two African actors playing those roles. And, uh, of course, the big, the big joke was towards the end, when Faison takes his shirt off in the real clip, that's all he does. But this is Africa. And so we the we the we the originators of the we the purest big dicks. These are the niggas in their purest form. So the makeup artist who did makeup for Mad TV, I went out and had her get me a prosthetic dick of one of the most popular gay niggas in porn. And I'm not exaggerating. They made a mold of this nigga's dick. It was your forearm with five more inches. This motherfucker was girthy and long. I'm not fucking bullshitting. It was a fucking elephant's trunk. So at the end of the skit, I take the shirt off. I pull the zip, but then I pull this monster cock out. And and all the dialogue is the same. So at one point, Michael Blackson... As he ends the story, just like Chris, he looks over and he sees this massive cock and he goes, oh, my God, nigga, where's your shirt? (gasps) Is that your dick? And we freeze his face with the cock in the frame. And it just everybody that ever saw it exploded with laughter because you didn't see that coming. Um, So, yeah, to what you just said, I've gone down that road. Did uh, do they air that? Did they air it? No, no, no. It was it was my personal. Oh, it was your personal. My one. personal pilot. So if I had ever sold it to HBO or Showtime, that's the one place I could have got away with that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, man. Uh, so if y'all get a chance, man, you should put that on your Patreon. Come to think of, I will. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned it because it did kind of slip my mind a little bit, but I, I, I definitely will. Um, so yeah, man. Oh, before we go off that topic. Uh, remember, you had a crazy airplane story you told me. You remember? No. You don't remember? You got you to give me... The, I, I'll remember. Remember I told you when I was at the piano bar and the white people were looking at me like hard and I thought that it was because they were racist because I was the only nigga in an Italian piano bar, but then they figured out who I was. Yeah. And then you went on to tell me something about you on an airplane and a dude is sitting next to you about the window. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, dude. You don't know that story? No, I remember the story. I just forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's not that big of a Okay, here's the rules when you fly. And this is very important that you know the rules. One is, and this is my my first rule is if you have a small bladder and you're on uh, take a piss before you get on the plane, if it's well, a 2-hour flight or less, you don't get up to pee. That's rule number 1 for me. Mm. But the other rule is if you sit next to the window, you own the fucking window. Yes. Absolutely. You own the shade. Absolutely. No one else can touch the fucking window. Right. Can't reach across. Can't reach across. Yeah, it is. You, you have an opinion how the window should have been, then you should have fucking got the window seat. Yes. Okay. So I hate the window seat. 
I like being on the aisle, and I ended up with a window seat, and we're flying. Now, why do you hate the window seat? <sighs> you don't want to control the window? I don't, I don't give a shit about the window. I like to have my. I like to be able to put my foot out into the aisle a little bit when there's nothing going back and forth. Right. Because uh, I don't fly first. See, you you don't know this because you don't fly coach. I sure don't. But if you fly coach, you have to look for every place you can get a to get some room. Some room. See, now when you fly first, it don't matter because there's room. Because there's room. Yeah. Reminds me of that one of those E Trade commercials. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, it's no big deal. I'm, I'm sitting. In, I'm sitting there, and I'm and I want to go to sleep because. That's what I do when I get on a plane. And incidentally, I don't like the aisle because I don't like having to get up when you have to piss. But selfishly enough, when I have the window, you better move when I got to piss. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so the guy, uh, so there's a the guy sitting next to me uh, and him and his wife got opposing aisles so they could sit next to each other. But they were big. They were Midwest. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're coming out of Pittsburgh, so it was Pittsburgh mm-hmm. people, big, thick people. So they were uh, they're sitting in posing house, and I got this guy, and I, and I don't think this guy travels much. Must have been a very nice guy. Had a, uh, like, I think he was wearing a, a sweater vest and uh, a leather jacket, so he was kind of confused on what his look was going to be, <laughs> and he had a tie in the in the leather jacket. Right. So um, he he sat next, and everything was fine, and I went to go to sleep, and I'm falling as I'm falling asleep, and we're starting to. Uh, take off and we're getting up in the air and i'm really about ready to go to sleep i feel this guy grab me and start shaking me because i have my headphones on so i don't have to hear anybody and uh and he looks at me he goes uh the window it, it, it has to be up and I go, he said it has to be has to be up. he gave you orders and i said it has to be i go did the did the, did the steward the, the 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 flight attendant say that because sometimes they have rules where the window's up or down right. uh, and i go and he goes no no i want to look at it and I was just pissed, and I just flicked the window open for right. him. And then I went to lay back down and go to sleep because I can still go to sleep. I don't give a fuck about the window being open or not. So I'm going back to sleep, and he shakes me again. And he says, hey, uh, if you want, you can put the window down. Uh, I got to see what I was looking for. And uh, so I just assume now this motherfucker wants the window down. So, And I would. It's preferred it down. So I put it down. And as soon as – like, not even five minutes goes by, and he turns the light on <laughs> – over his seat, which is way brighter than if the window was open. Right. So now I'm annoyed, and I'm still trying to go back to sleep, and we're about ready, to, and I am sleeping. And we're coming right. in for landing, and the dude grabs me again, and uh, he says, uh, oh, can you open your window? Can we open the window? And I open the window, and it was so bright because we're landing in Phoenix, and it just lights up the whole fucking cabin. And the guy goes, oh, no, no, close it, close it, close it. I go, do it. And I put down the window. I go, you are fucking killing me. And you said that. Yeah, you are fucking killing me. Uh, quick pause. Folks, you don't know how big this is. This is almost like a, a shrink telling his, uh, or a therapist telling his uh, client, what do you call him, patient. Uh, this is a breakthrough. We're having a breakthrough. <laughs> For Andy to to say that, use profanity and say that to another human being. I'll use it to you, but he was a nice older gentleman. He was just Midwest. He wasn't but you trying. don't do that, though. But I lost it because it was enough. Enough, enough already. God you broke it. every fucking rule that there is on civilized plane flying. Right. You, you broke all the rules. He got underneath your yarmulke. He did. And I, I was just like, it. you're fucking killing me. And he goes, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And, I, and then I love it. And, and and then we were coming in 
were coming in, and I felt bad because uh, Cito Sand, and I we had a breakthrough, and then he fucking because I felt bad because I knew he was just an older guy, probably doesn't travel much. He's trying <laughs> to talk to me. He's trying to make me feel better because he knew that I he pissed me off. Right. And then I just looked at him. I go, "You want the window open now?" Right. As we're landing, he goes, "That would be nice." Ah, oh, that's fucking great. Um, yeah, man, because I I don't um. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to converse too much uh, with people on planes, or you know. But that's why people think you're a dick. Well, <laughs> you know, hence the Jew and the jerk. Um, I don't like to talk either, though. I really rather go to sleep. Right. Let's get to this email I sent you. Uh, you sent me an email. Remember when I told you about the girl that? Because uh, I made fun of the. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We were in Pittsburgh. And, you know, uh, listen, let me say again, folks, when you pay for a stage side seat at a comic club, it's like going to the basketball game and the professional NBA game. You buy courtside seats, you're going to be part of the game. Um, So normally, you know, when I do the joke that I did off my comedy blueprint album where I'm talking about fat bitches. And I do the Biggie reference. Oh, baby, baby. Uh, and most people take this shit in stride. So, you know, every now and then you might have a hiccup with somebody, I guess, you know, don't like the fact that you dove onto them from the court. Knowing they got courtside seats and it happens. Feelings get hurt sometimes. Yeah, feelings get hurt sometimes. So this girl's friend wrote me an email and it says, ooh, she is upset. Emily, Hello. You probably won't find this message appealing. I just had to let you know you're appalling. I'm sure you'll use this as fuel for your next show. I think it's horribly distasteful to critique and criticize your audience members' weight or looks. I am referring to the young lady you made fun of. And I don't, now that I'm rereading this, I don't even know if this is a friend. I don't think it is. I think it's she's just, just somebody in the, in the crowd that got upset for somebody. It's probably a middle-aged white woman. Who would get kicked off a plane who, for some bullshit. Who had feelings for someone else because she has lived such a... And who's to life. say that the fat bitch was, might not have been like, oh my God. I saw her and she was made. laughing. Yeah. Well, you know, often laughs come before tears. Sometimes. Okay. Um... I am referring to the young young lady you made fun of at the Friday night show in Pittsburgh. You made comments about her weight. Did you ever stop and think how you make other people feel? I know her personally. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, and you have no idea the trials and tribulations people have gone through in their lives. But she didn't say she had gone through these trials and tribulations. She right. didn't say her feelings were hurt. She right. says, you didn't know. She knows her. Right. Okay. At that time, all she wanted was to go out and have a fun night and did not pay to get made fun of by you. How would you feel if that was your mom, your sister, or your daughter? Well, I can tell you something about the bitches in my family. Uh, they love to be made fun of because they can give it back. And they produced a comedian. So if I was spawn. From the comedic womb, uh, it runs in the DNA. Um, I wonder how many Asians or overweight people attend your shows, and now she's apparently upset for Asians, and what their contribution is to your annual salary. I also tend to wonder if this were to go viral, threat, how that would affect your overall sales and what your mean uh, and your means of living in return. <laughs> to you. 
It may be an innocent joke and how you make your living, but why knock people when they may already be down? If, but why does she feel that this was a knock in the first place? Or even more importantly, if you're down, uh, you bring yourself to a motherfucking comedy club. Um, and you should know the rules, but we'll, we'll, we'll okay, okay. digress. Yeah. Also, from a legal standpoint, your audience members are required... Uh, from from also from a legal standpoint, your audience members aren't required to sign a waiver. Sure, you would hate to see you get slapped with a public humiliation lawsuit by one really aggravated lawyer friend of your victims. Although I have my sincere doubts, I truly hope this email shines a new light on your distasteful comedic performance. No, it Wait, won't. Read her name though that she said at the end of it. Her name. Oh, sincerely. Aggravated friend. So what I'm thinking by that is that's another threat that she didn't put in there. Right. She's aggravated friend. She said, what if you would be sued by an aggravated friend? friend? So I could be getting a sued from her. From her, from what she's saying. But first of all, if she is an attorney, uh, a public, what, what was it? Public uh, defender? Uh, public no, humiliation. Public humiliation. It has to be more public than than a seating room of, uh, of a few hundred people. And let me just stop you real quick. I'm going to give you the cliff notes as to what my response was. I said off the cuff. To quote the great Dave Chappelle, as a general rule, I never get upset or regret anything that I say up here. And then I went on to tell her there are many different styles of comedy. And I pride myself on doing a Mike Tyson, which was when Mike first started boxing with Cuss, he would lock himself into the attic and watch the old black and white film footage of old fighters, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, um, from the 20s all the way up into the present time to learn from them, to take from them, to 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 break down their styles and their defense. Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano. So I am a student of comedy from prior to Murphy to Carlin. I try to look at everybody and go, what was the strength? What was the weaknesses? Why did that work? Why didn't that work? And I've said this before. I know a lot of black people aren't as big Seinfeld fans as white people, but just like you will go to a professional boxing match or watch boxing on TV and see Sugar Shane Mosley taking on Oscar De La Hoya, you look at the fight on TV, you go, oh shit, there goes Mike Tyson, third row. Oh shit, there goes Lennox Lewis, uh, two rows back over to the left. Oh shit, there goes Floyd Mayweather. Fighters study fighters. Fighters study fighting. Comics study comics. Comics study comedy. Don Rickles was an insult comic. He was known for it. It was his forte. So if I'm going to be a well-rounded comic, I want to be able to talk about politics and talk about pop culture and do impressions and show that I can sing a little bit, work on my improv skills. If and when I should have to rely on it, be able to tear motherfuckers heart at their chest, Mortal Kombat style. And give an insult because I, I damn sure better be ready to take one and give it back. So that's all a part of the game. So I'm not going to limit myself to be in one style of comic. So long story short, and I, I, it blows me away that people don't get it at this point in terms of etiquette. If your monkey ass can't handle what comes with comedy at a live show, this ain't for you. This is not for you. Go go to a live poetry reading. Go to some shit that's got some moisture to it. You know, go go to some shit that's, you know, more your cup of tea. But the girl was awesome. I'm oh, sorry, not to go cut ahead. you off. And 
So many people will tell you this. Do some fucking homework. Right. Learn who the fuck you seeing. Don't randomly, as a black guy, I'm not going to randomly walk into a Western country saloon and expect for me to be greeted like I would if I walked into a soul joint. You know, I, not to say that something bad is going to happen, but them is niggas with cowboy boots and 10-gallon hats, and I might get the, as I say in my joke, nigga, you don't belong here. Well, then you, but with her philosophy, you could go on Yelp and write a letter about how you didn't like the country music that was playing at that country bar. Right. Her response to my response, hmm, interesting. The previous comedian, talking about you, Andy Steinberg, did not stoop to such level. Guess it shows levels of creativity, but to each their own. So I could sit here and reel off three or four examples of jokes that I did that night that showed extreme levels of creativity. So, bitch, don't nitpick the, the story and to make it work for your narrative. If you go, if you go, if you go paint a picture, don't do a broad stroke. Paint the whole fucking picture. And then she finishes with saying, speaking of doing some research, and here comes the here comes the threat, and here comes what makes women so fucking dangerous. She goes, speaking of doing some research, hashtag Me Too movement is so well, so so well known. She didn't write it right. So well known, almost damn near public knowledge. I would think that. Don't worry, I'd still fuck you. And description of how you would do it would classify as sexual harassment. I suggest you do some research yourself. Just saying. Well, here's the thing, Stunat. First of all, you're taking it out of context. Again, it is a live comedy show. It's no different from if you would pay money to go see a movie. Whatever that content is fits within the story, fits within the performance. So no matter what I say or how vulgar, as long as I don't touch you, Physically, and I've made that mistake before on stage, and I paid for it. As long as I don't physically touch you, no laws have been broken. If I And we talked about this, about what's the difference between pulling your dick out at a live show versus showing one on screen. So as long as I don't break the law, I am free to say whatever the fuck I want. And the fact that you would semi-use the Me Too movement as some sort of a threat, which clearly doesn't belong in this case, shows you how fucking dangerous women are. Because some women are some women are because that is almost along the guidelines of saying huh, you raped me because you're mad. Yeah, that's a dangerous bitch right there. Well, because she doesn't like the way that you played the game. But this is what I was trying to say to earlier. You were in the front row. Let's say you didn't do your homework. Let's say you going to go to a comedy show because someone gave you tickets. You needed a night out and you went out. You know what a comedy show is, though. Regardless of you or what it could be or what it could be, you don't sit in the front row. You do not sit in the front row. And I'm not I'm not knocking this woman at all. I think she was a lovely lady. I could hear her saying you should be able to sit where you want to sit and not be subject to such ridicule. No, you can't because you're in the front row. That is part of the sideline seats. Like you said, if you're playing a basketball game and someone dies to the ball, you may fucking catch a knee to your head. If you don't want, if, if that's going to be unreasonable to you, that you can't survive that, then don't sit on the fucking court seats. Move up a few rows. This is part of what it is to be at a con. Everybody knows it. This, and like you said, everybody knows the, the Me Too movement. Everybody knows what goes on in the front rows at a comedy show, especially with someone who does, who works, who does crowd work at a show. Also, 
you were sitting in the front row, and you can look any way you want. You can come in as hot or as scandally clad, dressed as you want, and this lady looked good. But as the great Patricio O'Neill said, I'm going to use one of his lines that I never use somebody's lines. She was showing an abundance of titty meat. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And so right. she's going to stand out, and right. you're going to notice her. And if someone is there to be noticed, that's that's what's going to happen right. when you're in the front row. Right. And so you can take all the bullshit and Me Too, and 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 my your Me Too doesn't trump my freedom of speech. That's a dangerous. That's a dangerous game you're playing, lady. And Ari's name was hung out on the front of the building, not anyone else's. So that's who you were coming to see, and that's what you got. And you know what I love what she did when she said the other comedian didn't stoop. That's another trick that bitches pull. Well, his dick is bigger. You know, like, like, come on, man. Like, and I, and I, and, and in no way would I sit here as, 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 as my teammate shit on what you do, but we do shit differently. differently. While we might do certain things the same in the vein of just comedy, we do things differently. But to sit there and try to use you as some sort of example as to how I should be. Like, bitch, please. If I hadn't fucked with your friend, you mean to tell me the other 98.9% of that show you didn't like? You were laughing up until I did the, oh. So miss me, bitch. Don't don't hit me with the classic. Well, that's why his dick is bigger. Like, come on, man. That you, it's, it's almost like, bitch, you've been dating me for five years. If my dick was a problem, you would have left me. But because I broke up with you, now I got a little pecker. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, that that letter was very interesting, and it showed people's uh, right to be offended. Yeah, as it's never been shown before. And I have a right to say what the fuck I want to say. And I've been, and just for her working knowledge, uh, I didn't offend you that night. But I have been at many shows where I've done the same exact set that you heard me do, <laughs> and I have offended people. So nigga, ready, nigga was ready to fight you in Frisco. So it is so it, it's your perspective that was injured, not what was said. Can the church get an amen? Jesus, that's a perfect way to put that. Your perspective was offended. Come on, man. You know, and, 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 and I've told you, I've seen where you do the joke about your son and and and. Uh, uh, what's what's slipping me? What's he? What's he? Autistic. Autistic about autism, and I've seen women look at you sideways because they thought that was offensive. Instead of trying to dig deep into what you were saying and how what you were trying to use that an example to say he's not a victim. He's not, and not only is he not a victim, but what what's what's funny to me about what you just said and how we just brought it up about people's perspective i have people many 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 people that come up after the show and one of the reasons and i've seen it and, and, and almost cry to tell me about how, right. the, how they have a, a, a son or a daughter that's on the spectrum and how what i said was so true and how right. it made them feel and most of the people that get offended are people that don't have a child right. that is on the spectrum but they know someone that has a child that and they want to be offended for that person right and and this is false uh, offensiveness you cannot be offended if you're not offended. You can't be offended for someone else. Stop being offended for someone else. Now, you can clearly hear someone say something that might be derogatory about someone else, and you can be, a, you can be a, an advocate for that person, and right. you can say, hey, I don't, I don't appreciate that either kind of verbiage. Or I don't. That is one thing. That's out in your street. That's in your regular life. But when you're at a comedy show, you pay to hear this. And here's what's always your final option. 
leave. Get up and go. And if you and if you think you hurt me by leaving, hey, dirty baby, I got your money, got your money, dirty. I got your shit already. I don't even know if I should say the comic it is. I don't think he would care if I said who it was. Who? Um, dude, I'm always the worst when I have to pull a name out of my head. Uh, Brad Garrett. Brad uh, Garrett. I signed Brad Garrett to a show once, right. and there was a light on the side of the stage. It was uh, like a big uh, light that it had a, a, like probably 100 screw-in light bulbs that yeah. was lighting it. And uh, for every person he walked, he unscrewed a light bulb. And he said, I'm going to see if I can have this thing completely dark by the end of the show. Did he? Pretty close. <laughs> because, because I don't know that I subscribe to that doing that. No, but, but for him, it was different because, and when you said do your research, right. people came to see the Brad Garrett that they saw on TV. TV. Right. And Brad Garrett's show is nothing like. I would love TV to character. see how many people. Bob Saget walks based on that. Bob Saget, not so much anymore because most people know that his show's dirty. Right. But when you came to go see, uh, what was his character on? Uh, Tanner. Char- Tanner. Dan- Danny Dan Tanner. Tanner. They came to see Danny Tanner. Right. And that's not who they got. And so they walked. Now, you were offended because you didn't do your fucking research. Right, right. Let me, let me go out on a nice note. I think this is a nice note. Uh, so my man, Ant Smash. Uh, what's happening, Aries? It's your man Smash from Twitter. I've been a fan for the longest. Uh, I first saw you on Mad TV in that Shaq cartoon and Fat Albert parody where he lost both his legs. Dog, I got you in my top five comics behind O'Neill, Carlin, Mooney, and Diaz. That is a hell of a five. It's a weird five. It's weird, but solid comic. All right. The only one behind you is either Burr or Lang. Now, I don't know who. Uh, I don't know who. Artie Lang. Artie Lang. Ar- Damn, Burr is behind me? All right. Uh, I don't just want to dick ride you. I want to give Andy his credit too. I've never seen his comedy, and if it wasn't for the podcast, I may never known he even existed. Like Aries, I trust that you'll support blacks when slavery comes back. He's meaning you. But dog, I need to know you'll be on the front lines when they start throwing Puerto Ricans over the wall. There's a difference between Hispanics and Spanish folk, just like Asians just like Asians, only we can really tell. And I do think that what they did to you on the fighter and the kid was filthy. If you look at Andy's face, he just looks like a pug sitting against the wall, minding his own <laughs> business. The nigga is just there. And we've talked about this, Ant. Um, but anyway, Aries, it's terrible what this girl is doing to you. You just got me too, nigga. I can't really give you advice, but the best thing you did was tell your story on the podcast save that episode because you may need it i swear to god i hope not hopefully you get to see your babies again and this bitch winds up with what she needs and what is not and what is not and not what is owed run bitch run leave that bitch she is killing you eddie griffin quote as for your career dog you got to ease up on the anger i'm surprised that andy has dealt with you for so long this is where i told you in my response I don't know whether to like this nigga or not. Because it's almost like this nigga is in our bedroom and ain't even seen the strokes. As for your career, dog, you got to ease up on the anger. I'm surprised that Andy has dealt with you for this long. This is no disrespect. I want to see you in the movies and on TV again, but that anger is your downfall. On stage, it's your greatest weapon. But off stage, nigga, you have... You have to get that under wraps and calm down, dog. You can't smoke all the time and be that aggressive. It's scientifically impossible. (laughs) Tell that to Dennis Leary, nigga. Andy, do not leave this nigga. He needs you. Niggas and Jews go together like adobo and chicken. 
And the, for the fact that you can slap him with a relaxed attitude helps out the conversation. Y'all are the yin and the yang at times. I want to see both of you come through to Poughkeepsie. We got a few places you could perform, like Laugh It Up and the Civic Center. You've already done Levity Live, which is only an hour away. Come through so a nigga can laugh more. But if you can't, so is the business. Hakuna Matata, bitches. Please tell a story on how you two met. Well, apparently, nigga, you should know, since you got so in-depth with <laughs> how the fuck we behave. God damn it. Thank you, Ann. Like, I... I like this nigga, but how dare you? Well, okay, I'm going to defend him a little bit right now because you did something today that I'm going to that I'm going to say that they won't hear on the podcast, right? But I got a phone call from something right. that's going on in my house, right? And I put the pause. I put the uh, you talk about this part you don't want to air? No, no, we can air this all part. Right. But Steve's going to cut out the part where probably where you with the phone call, right? Yeah. And so I put it on pause, and uh, and I threw you off your game. I did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you came back with we don't do this fucking shit. This is the pod. two weeks ago. I fucking paused the podcast for you when you had to go uh, take a call. But my that's different, though. But, but we don't know why it's different. I, I feel you. I feel you. But I'm dealing with... I understand that. You know what I mean? I understand my that. Phone, my missed phone call could be I'm life trying, or death. I'm trying to sell my house, and this dude's working on my house. I didn't know if he fucked some shit up, so I had to, I had to stop. Yeah, that's, that's white problems. Motherfucker fucking with your house. Uh, I'm white. I, I, fair enough. <laughs> it's the problem. Right. So, no, but so, I mean, I get, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, he, he knows everything that goes on here. We have, I think our relationship, like, and if he wants to know how our relationship got started, I think, I think it works out pretty Before good. We, well, I don't even know that we need to dive into that. Let me ask you. Do you have an anger issue? When the fuck do I come off angry? You don't. I don't think you come off angry. I think the, the perception of you is, is angry, though. But, but again, it ain't like I'm walking down the street kicking white babies in the face when they pass me or, you know, spitting on priests. Like, what? what I, I am quiet. I mind my business. Yeah. And only when people approach me do I put on a scowl for the first seven seconds because I'm going, if you approach me wrong, I'm going to need the scowl. <laughs> if you approach me right, I'll flip it and become Wayne Brady. No, you know, But I don't know what your intentions are. But I think people have, first of all, in general, I think, and I never got this before until I started hanging out with you. And I didn't understand. There, there's a very, uh, in the movie, uh, Comedian mm-hmm. with uh, Jerry Seinfeld right. and Orny Adams are the two main comics in there. So uh, there's a scene where uh, Jerry's at the uh, Olive Tree restaurant in New York right. above the cellar and he's eating. I think you've mentioned this story, but and the guy shake, the guy shakes yeah. his hand and he, he goes away. And then I guess the guy comes back over and tries to shake Jerry's hands again. Right. And he goes, I, and I already shook your hand. He said that to him. Yeah, I already, I already shook. I, I didn't. We already did this. I think he right. goes, we already did this. And then his wife, Jerry's wife, is kind of, you know, right. what, are, what are you doing? That he goes, we we already shook hands. Right. You know, we we did this already. I'm I'm here. This, right. This, right. This, this it's not my moment. It's his moment, and we had it. Right. And. uh and, and and you see, what he's saying, Jerry, is right. Right. But I wouldn't even do that. No. And but or, you, or I would find a way to gracefully end it, where I'm letting you know, all right, now this is the end. But to bes- on blast like that. But you. But people think you're public property because you're famous. Because when we're at a club and people come up to you before a show 
and say, hey, can I get a picture with you real quick? And you go, hey, man, not now, after the show, because if I take a picture with you, it's going to open up a hole. Right. And, and, and what do they do? What, do, what, what? Some of them get upset. They get pissed off like, they, like you fucked them. Right, and I didn't tell you no. But I just said not right now. Yeah, and you know why they're upset? And this is the funniest part. This is the funniest part about people. They're upset because they know after the show, they're going to have to wait in a line or they're going to have to put effort into getting that picture. They want that picture for their fucking convenience. Right. But you're the asshole because you didn't want to make it convenient for right. them. This is, this is the whole thing about where people perceive you as an asshole because you don't make their life more convenient for themselves. Uh, when I met you, and I would say, people told me, oh, he doesn't talk to the features or the, he doesn't talk to the people. I knew you had to talk eventually, but I didn't go in there and go, like, like I deserve the conversation. Like, you, deserve, you were respectful. You said hello. And you nod at your head, you put your headphones on, and you do what you do. You go out and you look at the audience. I didn't find that offensive. Do you know how many comics find that offensive? Oh, dude, it's it's the it's it's what feeds the folklore. Because you didn't make them feel good. <laughs> it's not about you being an asshole. It's about not making them feel good. I just don't know how to be any more non-angry, and I'm cheesing from temple to temple without it coming off like I'm about to do soft shoe. Like, what the fuck? Uh, a lot of comics are a lot more open to... Because, uh, you know what? And this is a difference between you and other people, though, too, in this industry. Uh, and I'm speaking from the comic side, not necessarily from the general public. But as a comic, you didn't come up the same way other comics come up. You, don't, you didn't know what it was like to host for two years. In- here's, here's, let me stop you. Here's, here's what's crazy, right? This is the insanity of this. Most people in Hollywood give the impression before you meet them based off what you see on TV. Because, again, you look at whoever your favorite popular personality is in a movie and on TV, you tend to believe that's them. And people don't really make the, the separation between fantasy and reality. And I think it's much harder for comics because when you look at Mark Wahlberg, yeah, he does a comedy every now and then, but he ain't a comic guy. He plays that. Him and Ice Cube have that perfect scowl. Yeah. And so for an intense guy like that, you might think from an intimidation factor, damn, I might not be able to approach this nigga. But you take any of your favorite comics or Will Ferrell. I could, I could, we could name a dozen names. All they do is make you laugh. So there's a certain comfort, an automatic comfort you have in believing, oh shit, there's, I could just come up and, and they don't make the distinction between reality and fantasy. So because they already believe you're that dude, when they meet you, if they pull a, we already did this, didn't we just do this? Now you're crushed. Going, holy shit, I thought this motherfucker was all gags and jokes. And this motherfucker kind of, a lot of motherfuckers is like that. Yeah. On, 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 on screen, yuck yucks. In real life, assholes, mean, fucked up. I'm the opposite. Now, yes, yes, yes. Yuck yucks when you see me. But... If if there's a moment that we have, I come off genuine. I, I I go out of my way to come off genuine. 
I swear to God, unless you disrespect me or say something crazy to me from the jump, uh, if you legitimately come up to me the way you should, I'll talk to you. Yeah. I, I'll, I've spent, I'll spend time with you. I'm a legitimate motherfucker. I'm not an asshole unless you give me a reason to be an asshole where all these other guys are getting credit for being these great guys when really they're the assholes for real. Some. I'm not like that. But I'm a genuine motherfucker. But here's what people see. And this is I, I can point these out to you. Like, And this is from the general public. I've seen a number of times that people have come up to you and been like, uh, this is my favorite thing. Uh, hey, Aries, give me some DMX. Let's see. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know who you become right after someone says that? DMX. No. Sometimes. I don't mean, I don't mean yeah, you the become, impression. Yeah, the, I don't mean no, by doing the impression. I, I see you as completely even different than DMX because I wouldn't even think that you'd want to give them even the impression that your, your attitude was DMX. I see you as uh, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. You, you think I'm funny? What, <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean by, like, I'm a clown? That's funny. I know, you, I know what you're saying. <sighs> That's how I see you. Here's, you here's, here's what annoys me. This is what, I, what annoys me. Once upon a time ago, it didn't. Just like once upon a time ago, I used to walk into a club, and yeah, if somebody said, could I get a picture? Um, I would never say no. But then, because the popularity got a little bit better and stronger, now when I started doing, when I would start doing that, they wouldn't stop. The logistics. The logistics. So now I'm going, fuck, I got to, otherwise it won't. Um, when I'm at a show and people come up to me or I'm walking by and they go, yo, you going to be funny? <laughs> that pisses me off. Because yeah. it's like, why the fuck are you asking me that? Why the fuck are you here? Nigga, you wouldn't buy the ticket if I if I if it, if I didn't intend to be funny. You're here because you because you know I'm gonna be funny, or 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 they go. Uh, uh, sometimes it's to give me the impression, or uh, you gonna be funny. There's one other one they say. Uh, you gonna do some? It's kind of the same thing. Yo, you gonna do your thing tonight, or you know some shit like that. You know, it, it's just like come on, man. Say hello first. Aries, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? Say hello first. Don't just go, yo, you going to be funny? Some you going to make us laugh? Some people don't know how to break the ice, though. That's, that's the thing. That is the thing. But I've never seen you. Treat any situation with anybody like a person you want to fuck. <laughs> if I saw a bad bitch and I want to get in her panties, you don't come out with, you know, girl, what color them underdraws? You got what's the saying? Do the drapes match the? Does the, the carpet match, match the drapes? Carpet match the drapes. Did you clean that thing up before clean you brought that out thing the up before you came out it? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> nigga, start off. Hey, how you doing? Old fashioned, corny. What's your name? You look good. Now you know. I mean, because when when dudes come up to me and they go, "Hey man, I just want to say, man, yo, you you wanted a," and I'm not talking about ass kissing. I'm talking just about. Uh, uh, what's the word? Is it etiquette? Just, just, just respectful. Respectful. Yo, what's up, dog? Want to tell you, man? Yo, you're funny as a motherfucker. I've been following, you. dog. I am a fan, man. You that dude? You'll see me slap your hand. I'll pull you in for the bro hug. You know, my man. Thank you, nigga. And if my mood is really nice, I'll even chat with you for a minute or two. But don't, motherfucker. Yo, you gonna make me laugh, right? People. Who the fuck are you? 
people don't know how to address people. This is this is the problem with the. Uh, there's more problems in America today just because people don't know how to talk to other people. That's half the problem. We got a president that shows that they don't know how to talk to people. Not trying to fucking fuck with the president right now, but right. But you know, he, there's a lot of things that this president has said that other people have said, but he's just said it in such a shitty fucking way that you can't. Even get behind, even if you were behind what he said, you can't get behind it anymore. Right. Same thing with people on the street. They may come over, they want to joke with you, but the way that they approach it is so shitty. Right. You can't get behind it now. Now you can't talk to them. Now you can't even. And I've been doing this so long that I know how to read certain situations and certain people instantaneously. And speaking of last night, one of the dudes came in late and one of, he was one of the drunk dudes that probably got into the fight. But he saw me and he just he threw his hands in the air and he got real animated. Amy Spears, what's up? Then he walked into the show late. You were already on. He didn't even hear what you said, but he threw his hands up and he went, woo! And I just went, this motherfucker here. Because they this is the type of niggas I can't stand. Because I already know you're going to be the problem. But it's also because they're the people that would love to be able to do what we do, but can't do it. Right, so they overcompensate by, by, by doing too much. And then after the show, he came up to you, and by this time he was drunk, picked up one of your shirts, held it up like he was modeling it, didn't had no intention of buying it, was belligerent. And I'm just like, see, for yeah. you, I, I put on the ice cube face. Yeah, no, and it makes sense. But there is the, the funny part to me with comics with you is, uh, and this is what's funny too, to, with me, really. And uh, speaking to this guy a little bit about how I look at how, why I, how I feel about you in a certain way, is that you have way you're thirty years in. I'm eleven years in. Well, you're probably more than thirty years in, actually. No, no, twenty nine. It'll be thirty this April. Okay, so I'm gonna be eleven in August. Here's here's the thing though. As far as comedy club working at the comedy club, at the comedy club doing right. the comedy bullshit, you know. The host. Right. I've hosted longer than you've ever hosted. Uh, I might have hosted twice in my life. And so I know what it's like to be the comedian, the, the, the aspiring comedian, right. and not knowing what to say to the headliner. And right. I know then being a feature now for the last few years and having to deal with the feature spot and what that entails, you never really had to do that. So that's why when you try it, when, and when people are uncomfortable with you in the green room. It makes me laugh because they think that you're supposed to, sh you should be making them feel comfortable. You never had, you don't know what it's like to be in that position. They should right. know that. They should be smart enough to go, this dude's never done this. He's doing what he's done right. basically from day one. Right. And this is how he does it. So uh, that's one thing that these that the people that have worked around you all these years could learn from is try to understand what the other person, who the other person is. But I think that also falls to a certain level of arrogance. It's like you haven't earned this spot, but you want the coach to call plays for you. Like, motherfucker, you, 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 you haven't earned this spot. And the fact that you think I'm supposed to look at you in some sort of reverence and awe, and I'm not, I don't want that to come off like I'm better than you because that's not what it's about. But it's like, dude, I worked my way to this. Right. And I'm still taking shots to the nuts. Right. As I'm trying to get to that next spot. I'm like, come on, man. But it really came out this weekend because we got here early and we went to a different comedy club and we went to go see Ari Shafir. Yeah. And watching you 
with the uncomfortableness that you are at a, at a comedy club for someone else's show. Right. So funny to me <laughs> because this is what I had to do. I did. This is what I did. This was right. part of coming up. I was at the comedy show every week. I was watching right. people when I'm not on a show. Right. I was, I was, I was in the gym, even if I was just there to smell what the gym smelled like. Right. And that wasn't your, how, and so this is very, it was educational for me to watch you right. and your uncomfortability in this, in this situation. Right. So when, what I think the biggest problem is, is when people have a problem with somebody, instead of just saying, I have a problem with this person, I don't like them. They should try to figure out what caused that problem or look at it to see what they missed. Because usually a problem with somebody isn't just on one person. It can be. Right. But usually there's a difference between the two people. Right. And that's where, that's where people miss. You know, my man, when we were in Memphis, Chuckles, what was it, AJ, AC? AC. AC. You know, I, 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 again, forgive me, Is guys. it AC? I'm going to look it I up. think it's AC, but forgive me, guys, because I, th- I know we repeat shit, but I'm a long story short. I, again, when I first met AC, the host, he was an arrogant motherfucker, a local dude who he, according to his own words, was the shit. And I was supposed to give him stage time because his presence there superseded the people that came to see me as though I had no presence and no credits. And I was to thank him by giving him a spot because him being the local hero brought extra people to the show because they knew he was coming. Fuck my years on TV. Fuck the movies I've been in. Fuck all the stand up specials. Fuck the 30 years, 29 years of experience. Um. So we we were standoff towards standoffish towards each other because he had that who does this nigga think he is and I had my who does this nigga think he is even though my who does this nigga think he is was more right. <laughs> so long story short, after fucking with each other about two or three times, he finally said to me, "Hey man, I was wrong." Uh, he he recognized. He said, "Man, when it come to this stand up shit, yo, you cold with it, man." You cold with it. And, and and without saying it, he said it like, I know I'm good, but you on another level. And again, this is not about me being arrogant or trying to come off like I'm the shit. But God damn it, you work at this to achieve levels. You do. But I would like to prove, I would like to say, make my point is that it took a Mexican Jew to bring two tribes of Africa together. That is beautiful. <laughs> You can't. We can't go further than that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> there we're, it is. We're going to be in Columbus, Ohio. This is the end. And I don't want to say because I have been saying we were going to shit run, but Denver has actually been good. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and I won't dive into this, but in comparison to, and I'm gonna leave it there. It's been good, um, but February looks to be a, 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 a an upswing. I love Columbus. Of all the Ohio's, Columbus is my favorite. So we're going to be at the Funny Bone. And then after that, I'm home. New York, New York. I might even start the podcast like that. The only thing I don't Start spreading the news. They just don't buy any merch in New York. They might now. They might. They might. Yeah, they might. Um, It. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold. But I live off merch, people. So when I say that, don't don't Jew thing this. That's me trying to like put food on the table. Well, I'm 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 anticipating a certain level of attendance 
which has me excited because you know since I got this new publicist, yeah, or about she's my old publicist but new again. Um, I'm gonna be doing a plethora, knock on wood, of media, uh, and Gotham never does media. They don't pay to do any media. They do word of mouth and right. maybe maybe some email blasts, but they don't do no media, which pisses me off because this is a major fucking market, one of the most major markets, if not the most major market. And you want to pack the club out. And, and you know, when I go there, there's usually at least two nights out of, how many shows do we do? Thursday, maybe out of two, two out of five or six, where it's packed. And I'm going, it should all be packed. With this market, this media, it should all be packed. So we, we, we media-wise, I'm going hard in the paint. And then we're going to do my man, Comedian Goffrey's podcast, which I'm excited about. Uh, we also do his XM Serious radio show, which I'm excited about. And then I already talked to my man. Hopefully, if all goes well and there ain't no hiccups, I talked to my man. We're going to have our first big time special guest. Are you going to give it away? Or are you going to say it? Or are you going to hide nah, it? I'm going to say it. And if he fuck around and blow it, we'll deal with the consequences. Motherfucking colors. 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 Fucking New Jack City. Law and Order. Ice tea. I talked to Ice when I got here to Denver on Thursday. What's up, player? I said, Ice, we still down. I got you, baby. So Ice T going to be in the building. It's going to be a very special podcast. Uh, New York Ice T, baby. Long Island, New York, Long Island Ice T in the building. Dude, he has the best insurance commercial where those people keep walking up and there's a, there's a lemonade stand. People yeah. keep walking up and going, Ice T? Right, and she goes lemonade. Yeah, iced tea lemonade, and then you finally see iced tea come up, and he goes, "It's lemonade." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we have to do our journalistic homework, you and I. Yeah, and maybe we can compare notes before we do it. We 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 have to be prepared. We have to ask this man. We gotta we gotta make this. This gotta be some entertaining shit. Uh, he's a major. I mean, he's he, been in my on, life. Man. Come since on, man. Since when my life Kids. really got for real for me as a kid, I was I was in my first no I was in yeah I was, I was in my a kid first year when of, I saw colors first year of high of college I think is when I when I got right I'm older a lot older than you so. right but yeah I'm ready for I this. was a kid I was at a, I was a teen going into teenism when I saw New Jack City um so yeah I'm excited about that so we got to make sure we 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 got some 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 bullets in, in the clips so listen some up ammo. guys we got some good things coming up but i need oh to- yeah and patreon i know we've been promising you uh by next week for sure exclusive content to you for the arnold animation piece it's finally done you will be getting that here's the fight that i'm trying to fight now though because I, I eventually want to put it on facebook and youtube but because of how graphic and adult in nature it is we gotta make sure we pass some tests otherwise They'll not only take it down, they'll shut me down. Well, and, I, and I can't have my Facebook and my YouTube be shut down. We can put on the uh, censored version and then put it on our website. We had a website, but, you know, that YouTube is where yeah, we're, I'm trying to go viral. Right. Um, 
So there's that. As always, follow your boy on Patreon. I love that I'm getting these cameo requests. I'm excited about it. I got four more this weekend. Remember, cameo, check it out. If you have a friend, a relative, a loved one, living, dead, it doesn't matter. You want me to give a personalized shout out, either as myself or any of my voices, Go to Cameo.com. Look up your boy, Aries Spears. I'll give you the personalized shout-out. Also, uh, as always, Facebook, Aries Spears. Instagram, Aries Spears. YouTube, Aries Spears. That is it for me. My dick is being put away. Now, uh, I'm not on Cameo, but if you need uh, uh, like a, a phone message from like a whiny Jewish-sounding person, uh, just call me up. I'll, I'll, I'll do one for you. Um, I, I, I'm really good at whiny... Um, also, uh, my, my, uh, all my social media is at the upper right hand page of my uh, website, andycomedy.com. Um, Andy Comedy on Instagram, but please follow me on Instagram. It's my, it's the only thing that I'm doing right now. And, uh, buy some shirts. This, this February was rough for me. I didn't sell much. I, I need, I have two kids. They're hungry. Uh, you guys should feel honored. You got some. Long, this podcast was a lot longer than usual. You got some extra dick today. You know what I mean? We gave you niggas extra meat. So be grateful. Put <laughs> that shit off your chins. I got extra meat. Love you. See you next week. Out. Pussy ass, nigga. <laughs>